everyone welcome to the print pod our daily podcast i am ratan priya and today's opinion is on the diplomatic tussle between china india and maldives written by rajesh rajigopalan professor of international politics at jnu elections in three countries in india's neighborhood and the mixed results illustrate both their growing importance to indian security and some of the difficult choices that india faces the contretemps with the maldives illustrates this very well but new delhi should stay the course on its relatively more pragmatic approach and ignore the silliness of india's loudmouthed social media warriors difficulties with smaller neighbors are not peculiar to india but afflict all large powers to varying degrees to an important degree these are new problems for india precisely because of one of these variables has changed In China, India's neighbors now have an extra regional power that is both able and willing to use the neighborhood against India. Most countries worry the most about their neighbors. This is natural because neighbors are more likely to be able to harm you. Generally, countries farther away aren't as much of a worry because even if there are disagreements, they may not have the wherewithal to attack directly simply because of distance, though they can cause harm. think of south africa's case against israel at the international court of justice these pale in comparison to direct attack and other forms of coercive tactics including terrorism of course one exception to this is great powers which can project their power much farther than their immediate neighbors and even their immediate neighborhood indeed one criterion for being considered a great power is the capacity to project such power beyond your own borders one reason why india was and is able to play an extra regional political role is that although important its neighbors aren't strong enough to threaten india this frees india from immediate neighborhood worries despite pakistan at best india's smaller neighbors so far have been more a nuisance than a serious security risk moreover there were no great powers interested and or with the capacity to use these smaller neighbors against india This needs a bit of elaboration because the standard narrative in India is of a country that has consistently been undermined by global powers which is not entirely true. One of the three relevant great powers, the Soviet Union, was never an issue. After the ideologically straitjacket of the Stalin years, the Soviet Union decided that its global interests were better served by partnering with many of the notable developing powers such as India. rather than seeking to foster communist revolutions in these countries though soviet behavior with india was much more complex and self-serving than some in india would like to believe they rarely sought to counter india with their outreach to pakistan in the late 1960s being a minor exception the us did periodically engage in policies that hurt indian interests especially during the nixon presidency and indeed through much of the 1970s and the 1980s but contrary to indian hypernationalist rhetoric india was not the target of such policies even if it was often the victim under nixon for example from the perspective of the white house india got in the way of their major geopolitical strategy of reaching out to china such as in the reagan administration india became the victim of washington's strategy in afghanistan it can be argued that this is a distinction without a difference except the difference does matter in the context of great powers who can help small states counter the regional heavyweight pakistan did astutely manage to leverage us global strategy to counter india but washington's disinterest in such objectives meant that this was always a relatively limited effort
China is the other great power that was a potential candidate for intervention in the region to counter India, and it did. In 1965, China attempted to divert Indian military focus on the Western Front against Pakistan, with trumped-up and patiently observed controversies along the Tibet border. India ignored it, and the ploy failed. China did not even attempt any such diversion in 1971 because the People's Liberation Army, in the aftermath of Cultural Revolution, was incapable of presenting any credible diversion to Indian forces. Beijing simply stuck to UNSC resolutions, which in any case went nowhere because of Moscow's veto. Thus, while the Soviet Union and the US had little interest in helping India's neighbors counter India, China, whose interest in countering India within the South Asian region never flagged, now has the material capacity to support India's small neighbors. This is one of the consequences of China's growing wealth and power. As much as the stronger military power that China represents, it also represents a political challenge in many respects, including in this way within the region. Responding to this challenge is not easy. For many decades, India could treat its smaller neighbors with relatively benign neglect or worse because New Delhi knew they could do little about it. Lacking any capacity to do anything directly against India, Pakistan being an exception, their weakness also made them unattractive to external great powers that had the capacity to help them. Now that they can look to China, the situation is very different. That smaller countries such as Maldives and others would be tempted to play the China card should not be surprising. It is logical, rational and represents the kind of self-interest behavior that New Delhi frequently invokes such as in its relationship with Russia or Iran. Responding to such strategic ploys with hyper-nationalism is irrational and useless and counterproductive. Thankfully, this has largely been confined to India's media and social media warriors from whom nuance is hardly to be expected. Obviously, absurd social media comments by Maldivian officials need to be countered and the official Indian response was largely the correct one. It was a self-goal that put it on the defensive and the official New Delhi's relatively restrained reaction underlined this fact. But it is not in the interest of these smaller neighbours to entirely align with one side or the other, irrespective of what Maldivian President Mohammed Nuzu might say. Even if India as the proximate power might represent a greater physical danger than distant China, the primary strategic purpose of these small states is to play India and China off against each other so that they can benefit most from the competition. What this means is that India needs to play this game too. Knowing the strategic opportunistic imperatives driving the smaller states as well as their limits. One of these limits is that they live in India's neighborhood, which means there are limits that they recognize to how much they can play such games. They cannot, for example, antagonize India beyond a point because there are quite serious punishments that India can impose on them. This is something that New Delhi does appear to get, even if Indian social media warriors don't. India has gotten much better at listening to its neighbors and supporting their development aspirations, to mention only one aspect. Equally, not all domestic political developments in the region are going to go India's way, but that does not mean that the game is over. New Delhi should continue its patient and nuanced strategy that is working better than idiotic ideas like cancelling tourist bookings. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to catch our flagship podcast, Cut the Clutter, every weekday with our founder and editor-in-chief, Shekhar Gupta. I am Ratan Priya in Delhi. Follow the print for more such analysis.